the uh back with us again our clinical social worker we've got Milena now Milena's here we're gonna jump right into this Milena um big news coming out of the whole video game addiction scene right so video game addiction is supposedly a real thing we had you on the show before we talked about how it's not like official disease and there's a lot of that has to do with a lot of insurance issues and things like that and how people would be diagnosed and what you could say about it. But according to some articles that have just been thrown out there that are very, in my opinion, like I said, uh, scare tactics towards parents, I would say. These articles are coming out by the World Health Organization and they're claiming that it is now real and it goes into effect January of 2022, which uh, I believe Jay finds hilarious and it's weird that they've like set a date well, it's just like it doesn't exist before, right? Like we've got a couple of months that we're leading into it and they're like, we just got to get like a certain number of people to have this condition. Then it becomes for real, for real. And so until that condition's met, it's not going to happen. So January 1, that's a good date for it to finally uh, be recognized. I mean, maybe it's the case that they just forgot to hit the record button on the first half of the uh, a year, you know? You know, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> but we're, but, you know, everyone pays, right? All right, so Milena, we're we're gonna stop talking and let a professional kind of jump in here. Um, like I said, I, I do want to give a big shout out to Quick, who is our uh, chief researcher, as I think maybe we'll give him a title for Last Choice Network. He researches a lot of different topics for us, pulls up all kinds of articles uh, for those on the YouTube and the podcast platforms. If you're more interested in the articles that we're pulling some of these information from and what we're kind of looking at, we're gonna link all of that in the the the. Uh, descriptions to this episode so melina kind of take it away explain to us who this who is the world health organization and uh, why they're waiting till a certain date and, and what the heck is going on you know i don't i can't speak to why they wait till that date other than i know that things are updated like at a certain time so more likely than not this isn't the only thing that's getting put in in january 2022 there's probably a whole list of things um, but I do want to bring up um, the fact that it is the World Health Organization. So this is like taking pockets of different little, like all the all the different countries, like globally, um, have, and it's it's an organization that is created by the UN. And so they've they've kind of come together and done the research and looked at treatments and looked at symptoms and and how it's interfering with people's lives and that kind of thing and come up with this. So just like um, so when you talk about scare tactic. Just like, um, you know, like within your community, if you guys had, if there was some kind of initiative where it was like different little cities were getting together to talk about social issues or talk about health issues, they would look so different, even within our communities, even within the region that you live. And so globally, you can imagine even more, even more so. So there's some pockets and some countries and some, you know, that have different issues and things going on. So just think it like thinking about it like that, it's not... Um, I'm not saying the United States has has a lesser or greater whatever, but just understand that the World Health Organization is looking at it as a whole global problem. So some countries have, you know, more prevalence than ours. All right. So before we dive into it a little bit more and, and, and kind of what it means and what to look out from on a professional side of things, I want to give uh, Jay and Kia a chance because you guys both have uh, kids that play uh, video games yourselves. I know you guys play video games, so you're comfortable with kind of taking things away or limiting them, but a lot of people still are 
not, and they don't really understand how it works. So can we just uh, kind of go over what you guys do and what you deal with? And, and Kia, we'll start with you. And and also, I'm just curious if you guys find this annoying that they have these kind of like clickbaity scare tactic articles, or are you do, do they make you scared as well? Do you want to go? Okay, I'm going first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think anybody should be scared of it. Um, I mean, obviously do your own research. Um, as a parent who games and has a gaming child, uh, it doesn't scare me. Um, you're the parent. You kind of have the choice to limit your children. And even if you go, well, I don't know anything about gaming because I don't game. Okay, cool. Find something out, figure it out, go do the research and see what works best for you. Um, if you're that worried about your child being addicted, then put a time limit on. Um, say they can only have so much time. It's just like sc screens are, um, we're more, nowadays we're more involved on the screen. Like we play video games, we're constantly on whether phones um for me as a parent who homeschools uh my son has a tablet it helps us with schoolwork um so nowadays it's more of a modern thing like we're just so used to having that technology put a limit on the screen time um my son's tablet has a limitation he has to do so much educational stuff on his tablet before he has access to playing any type of games on his tablet. Um, so with advancements of technology, we're going to be more involved in technology and there's ways to limit your kids. There's a way to limit that. So do that. Don't be scared of it. Do the research, click on the links if you want to and go read the article. Don't just read the title. I can't tell you how many times people are like, Oh my God, did you see this? I'm like, did you even read the article? Did you even read it? Um, so honestly, it's like that. But I can I see modern days. Well, it's just like with ADD. I mean, how long did it take the WHO to recognize that as a as a problem? Um, and it's going to take a while. Um, I don't necessarily think. I don't know. It's kind of like with gambling. It's an addiction, right? Gaming can become an addiction if it's not. I don't know. I say that because I have a pay I have my sister ran into this problem earlier. She's telling me a kid that she knows um, if he's told he's not allowed to play a game, he, he will literally cry and pitch a fit over it. Now we're talking about a teenager, okay? His mother or father, neither one of them, are in his life. They don't give him any type of attention. Uh, they don't do anything with him. And to me, that screams that that child that that game is the only interaction he gets. So of course he's gonna cry when it's taken away. His, his only interaction with real people is taken away. He doesn't have that with his parents and stuff like that. So in a way, I kind of agree with the APA on this. It can also be an underlying issue. It's not just something to do with gaming. <laughs> There's an underlying issue that they're dealing with. Um, I know for someone like me who deals with depression, gaming's a way for me to get out of my own head. So, 
uh, it's a way for me to do it, something like that. So I can I can see it both ways. It can be an addiction, and I can also be considered not an addiction. It just depends on how you take it as a parent. What, son? Jay, what about you? I ain't scared. Reason why, but, you know, I have a distinct advantage because we've been doing the Parents versus Gaming podcast for a while, and our special guest, Blaine, was actually on and explained why I shouldn't be scared. Um, you know, and so I pay attention. And then also on a side note, big shout out to Quick for actually educating me. Quick, you'd be very proud of me. I actually did read the, <laughs> the research this time instead of just going in and shotgunning in the room like an idiot. Um, so, you know, that's it's really interesting. And, and you know, it's it, the clickbaity titles I'm not very concerned about as well, just because, I mean, every time I've gone into WebMD, I've ended up with cancer. So <laughs> I'm not really too concerned about, you know, doing my own research. So I really want smarter people than me. Because if, look, if we're relying on me to make the judgments on psychological disorders and treatment and everything like that, we've got major issues. So I'm glad that people smarter than me in an organization have actually been paying attention. And I guess, you know, my big question, this is going to be for Melena, sorry, James, but this is going to be for Melena is, does does having the, the who recognize it, does that change anything you know, nationally, does it does it allow the U.S. to be able to research it? Is it something now that everyone just kind of adopts and accepts and it's something that's going to be a diagnosis that's available in the U.S. now? Or how does the who recognizing it kind of affect psycho psychology and treatment and kind of what we know about things here in the U.S.? Yeah, it's difficult to say how um, how it will impact um, how that alone will impact here. Um, I can tell you that right now it is in um, gaming addiction is in a section in the DSM, which is the diagnostic manual. That's what we use to diagnose psychiatric disorders. And there is a section there, section three, that is a place for um, basically areas of interest, if you will. Um, so it's things that we don't have enough research on that we are researching. So it is there and it's been there. And the thing about our DSM is we are very slow to update. <laughs> and, you know, so that, I mean, so it's, yeah, it's just hard to say how, um, how it will impact that. Um, but I know, um, you know, Kia brought up the, or I don't know if I said your name wrong, but anyway, brought up. Right, you said the, it right. <laughs> okay. I'll just go with it. Okay. So I know Kia just brought up, um, you know, talking about gambling and gambling right now is, is actually the only process addiction or behavioral addiction um, that is that is recognized in the DSM. Um, but there are other ones that are very similar, like um, that, like, you know, like gaming and um, sex and shopping. I mean, there's other process, other um, behavioral addictions that basically they hit the same pathways in the brain that give the same, a very similar, very similar to, um, you know, alcohol and um, substances, that kind of thing. So those, uh, those reward pathways, those reward centers, those are hit in the same way. And also um, the treatment is, is pretty similar too. And not only that, but the way that it impairs functioning, which is really what we're looking at. And that's the thing that I think is worth noting is, you know, you've got to have for it to truly be a diagnosis. There's like a list of, I can't remember how many exactly, but you've got to have five of those five out of eight, maybe, or something like that of those symptoms for 12 months for a whole year. So that's really long. I mean, that's significant. Most mental health disorders don't take that long to rule out. So we're talking about 
very significant impaired functioning in daily living for over a year. Um, so yeah, it's it's not so the prevalence is going to be low in reality. All right, so I, I you know I'm scrolling through through some of the uh, quick highlighted notes here, and I'm just kind of curious at, at some of these the studies and everything that they they go over because again I get back to this click I, I just want to call it what it is it's clickbait articles that kind of scare everyone and as you're as you're reading through some of these notes it talks about that the study is kind of a meta analysis of 53 research ventures which happened between 2009 and 2019 uh, around about 225,000 participants around 17 countries uh, it goes through kind of talks about which countries they did and then it basically says uh, the study compiled 53 previously completed studies and examined similarities in the overall figures as well as smaller demographic information such as age, gender, and some cultural differences. Then it gets to the end and it says the results. So remember, we're talking, what what did I say, 225, roughly 225,000 participants. And for the results, it's saying that the results suggest that the global prevalence of gaming disorder is 3.05%. That figure is lowered to 1.96% when limited to more stringent testing. So, out of 250,000 people, one barely, still under 2% of those might be considered to have a gaming addiction. So, I think it's important to people that, that especially the people that don't know, just because your kid cries when you take away the video game or your teenager acts out, like, I, I mean, I, you know, I have a 16-month-old, and if I take away his, his granola bar, he looks at me and wants to swing. So, I mean, does that mean he's addicted to granola bars? I, 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 I don't oh, know. Like it's, just, it's just confusing. And it seems, it seems unfair. And then it goes on to the end, Melaine, and it says the male-to-female ratio is 2.5 to 1. I mean, it almost feels like it's singled out, or do you think that's normal, that it's that it should be more males than females? Is that a normal? I think, um, I well, I was doing some, like, deeper research, and that I think the difference had to do more with the types of games that are kind of that draw males versus females. Um, like, the, just the level of competition and the level of violence um, can sometimes be more addicting. And the rewards, like, just the way that the way that the games are set up that make it just hard enough. And then, um, you know, again, the same similar um, reward sent as centers in the brain as with gambling. Um, but you do bring up a really good point. And I mean, about how this, that idea of the granola bar and all that. And, and so, and so I think it's worth bringing up for sure um, prevention or like whatever early warning signs might be that maybe this is like leading down for your own kids, you know, like, is this a problem? When is it just, you know, the kid crying because it's time to leave, you know, the park or whatever, or when is it really a problem? And because prevention really in mental health isn't talked about nearly enough. And that's kind of what I hear you guys talking about right now without um, like calling it prevention, I guess. Um, and so really the early warning signs are, and this is like for all, this is not just kids, this is all ages, but it's for the first and foremost is lying about it. And like lying about, lying about, like how much you're gaming and even lying to yourself about it. Like, oh yeah, I was just doing it for five hours or for two hours, but like in reality, oh, that was a five hour stream. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> what magic math is that? <laughs> There's like a time warp or something. But I mean, like even like lying about how, like how often I'm doing it, how many, you know, whatever hours of the day are spent doing that and everything in moderation. I know that was a big thing that we talked about last time I was on, 
um, because that's true of everything. So, so definitely like looking at that is, is like, is there some dishonesty in the game and the amount of time that, that they're using it? And then also just withdrawing, like they stop talking they, they're not hanging out with their friends or not keeping up with their social activities that they were before. Something like that. If you start to see something like that happening, that's definitely worth looking at. And I know we talked about kind of chicken and egg and the underlying um, symptoms that, that look like depression and anxiety. And that is actually one of the symptoms that they look for is whenever, whenever you're not gaming, do we see more symptoms of depression and anxiety? And so it does become a little bit of a gray area where it's like, is, is the gaming helping or is it hurting? Because when it's taken away, are we seeing this depression anxiety where I only want, again, the reward centers in the brain and the way those, those pathways work, they're, they're created to desire that same hit again, that same thing again, or more of that same thing. So, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a, that part is a little bit of a gray area. And like all addictions, the reason why is because we don't know when we've crossed that point. We, you know, even as the user doesn't know, people watching don't know. We don't know when, you know, what, at what hour is it like, okay, if I just got them off at that time, would that be the thing? You don't know, you can't see it. So that's why these things are, um, you know, they're good to look at. And so, and also, by the way, modeling your own stuff, making sure, you know, that if, if it's important to not have a device at the table, no one has a device at the table, including mom and dad. You know, make sure that oh. you're you're living what you're, you know, walk walk through it, walk through it with them. And I know it was brought up earlier too about the whole time thing. That's really important, like spending time with the kids. And that's that's how the best way to show love to a kid. I mean, already. So, but just being aware of, of the time that, that they're actually spending. Exhausting. What? That just sounds exhausting. <laughs> well, so I, you said you brought that up about again, and I was actually explaining to my son. Um, he's only six, but man, is he smart. He picks up on every little thing and kids are sponges. They are. They will pick up on every little thing. Um, I was actually explaining to him because he was upset because I had told him, I said, we're going to start a new routine. Um, we're going to start a new routine in the morning and we're going to get up. We're going to eat our breakfast but we're not going to have screens. No, no TV while we eat breakfast. We're just going to eat breakfast. And then we're going to get started on our schoolwork. And he kind of got upset about it. And I was trying to explain to him. I said, honey, I said, you need to understand. It's very good to take a break from the screen. I said, I said, you know how mommy gets her headaches. Um, I'm wearing my blue light glasses right now. Uh, so it's like, I'm trying to, so I'm explaining to him why it's good to take a break from the screens. And we've actually also noticed um, that he has started getting headaches. He's six and he's starting to get headaches. And I was like, okay, it's really time to start limiting that screen time because I suffer from headaches. And I know a lot of it's from wearing a headset that's constantly on your head, putting pressure. People don't realize that how much pressure it actually does put on your head. And then also constantly staring at a screen. I get headaches from that. And I started realizing it. And even as an adult, I'm like, man, why am I getting so many headaches? And then I was like, Oh, uh, yeah. I've been staring at a screen for like days on end. <laughs> I should probably take a break. So even as an adult, sometimes I forget to take breaks from things, you know, and so I was trying to explain to him that it's good to take those breaks. So we're going to start a new morning routine where we're all going to just if we're going to sit down and eat breakfast, we're going to sit down and eat breakfast. No TV, no screens, no nothing. Because what do I usually do in the morning? I get up. I fix him breakfast, but then I come sit down at my computer and I check like my discord, my email, 
So this morning, I didn't do that. I was like, you know what? We're not doing this. No screens in the morning. We're going to do this. And I felt better just for doing that. Um, so it's just sometimes even as an adult, we, we, we forget um, to, but explaining it to him, like trying to, it made me realize like, yeah, I should really start doing that more. <laughs> now, full, full disclosure for those listening or watching, if you're a parent that has kind of followed this journey with us and, and you're like, well, they keep talking, you know, their kids are really young. They probably don't play the same addictive game my teenager plays or even my, my own young kids that I've decided to let them play. Um, full disclosure, they may have younger kids, but both uh, Jay and Kia's kids play games like Fortnite, Minecraft, Apex Legends, and Warzone, and Roblox, which in my opinion might be five of the top ten most addictive games currently out to play right now. And, you know, again, it does help that you guys game and you kind of understand it and you have your own responsibilities. So you kind of translate that. And Jay, I know you can go in in a second. I know you're very good at, you know, you take family trips and there's no screens on these family trips. And you've even had to record a a podcast where you've had to, you know, jump on to report a parents versus gaming podcast. And you sit the rest of the family out. So it looked like you weren't on your screen for the 40 minutes that we did an episode. Um, (laughs) But you're trying to keep your kids away from that. Now, allowing them to play these games, I know you deal with some of this stuff. Jay, how do do you, you know, what are some tips and tricks you might have for somebody? And how do you get around it? And what do you do as a parent that, that, like he is saying and and Melinda saying, these kids pick up on this stuff. How do you, you know, show what you're preaching? I, I really think he is on to it is um, kids are smarter than we give them credit for. I've said it numerous times on the parents versus gaming. If you think your kid's not paying attention, you're the idiot out of the two of you. Um, yep. And so, you know, when I'll be in, you know, playing, playing Warzone, getting after it, James, you and I jump on there a lot and stuff. And my son will come in and, you know, obviously it's Mike up and, you know, we'll, I chat a lot with him while I'm playing with you guys. And, you know, it's just kind of having those conversations. He'd be like, dad, what are you doing? I'd be like, oh, I've got about 30 minutes before, you know, and I look at my watch, I've got about 30 minutes before it's time to go to bed. And so this is what I'm choosing before I go on to my next activity I need to handle, um, you know, as a responsible person. And so I'll tell him, be like, look, you know, your bedtime seven, uh, you know, we need to start moving to bed at seven o'clock, right? He goes, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's 6.30. Like, so I've got 30 minutes of this. And then at the end of that 30 minutes, we're on to something else. Like that was the time that I set aside for it. So it's a lot of, for me, it's a lot of budgeting. I set alarms a lot when I play games, um, you know, so I don't, as Melina pointed out, it's just time warp into one o'clock in the morning, Friday nights, that alarm does not get set. However, the rest of the week and everything that alarm gets set, um, you know, and then when I'm with my son or my daughter, I'm with them. So I'm not trying to, you know, check discord. I'm not trying to do anything. I put my phone in the pocket, like just kind of hang out. Um, you know, but you're right. We, we do trips where no screens allowed. You can have a screen on the airplane because dude, there's nothing else to do on the plane. Um, however, once we get out, it's a lot of, for me, it's a lot of situational awareness too. Um, it drives me nuts that there's kids that I see in the airport all the time walking while playing switch. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea what's going like situ- you have no idea what's going on and you're just zoned out. Um, you know, and it's, and it's a major zero major situational issue. awareness. 
Yeah, none, none whatsoever. <laughs> Running into people, getting smoked by carts, like it's it's terrible, um, you know. But that's kind of what we do, and 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 for me, I think there's a larger lesson of whatever you like, you need to um, put boundaries on that and not let that take over. And the phrase that is said probably in our house more than any other phrase, other than um, "go back to bed," is um, you know, handle your business. And we repeat that. I've probably I probably say that six or seven times a day. Hey, you need to handle your business. Hey, whatever you're doing, you need to handle your business. Which which means that there's things in life that we don't want to do. We don't want to brush our teeth before bed. We don't want to clear our plate. We don't want to, you know, say our pleases and thank yous. Um, and that's handling. And for in our house, that's handling your business. And so we talk about it all the time. You know, hey, I got to get off to the game. He's like, why? I was like, I got to handle my business. Like, I got to get you guys to bed. We got to read books. We got to, you know, relax. We got to do everything. But going back to Kia's point, um, we do have, there's no TV screens allowed in the morning. Um, and then in the evenings, um, we tell them ahead of time before we turn on the screen. You guys get one episode of whatever um, PBS um, show you guys want to watch. So if you guys want to watch Wildcrats, you get one. And then at the end of that, we turn off the TV and they have to walk away. Um, and we don't do any screen time about an hour, probably two hours before bed either. Because um, we noticed that they would just be sitting there just zoned out and they're resting. And then when it was time to go to sleep, they were kind of rested, but not really. It was like that weird, like kind of gray area that kids kind of get into where they've laid down and stopped moving enough but they're still tired, but now their brain and bodies kind of recharge. It was like a weird thing. So we try to limit it. We do listen to a lot of music in the house though. All right, Milena, as, as uh, we kind of start to wrap this up, I want to give you a chance. I, I know you did a little bit more research on, on kind of this whole thing. Is there anything else you kind of want to throw out there that um, we haven't touched on or you haven't touched on to give yeah. us a little bit more information? Yeah, definitely. Um, I love um, what I just heard from Jay about just kind of diversifying what 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 our kids' lives look like, what our families' lives look like. I mean, that's that's what I heard, um, and that is so important. Um, you know, even if it's not even if it's not fully an addiction, if it's just some it, there's there's some issues that can come up. You know, because you do have within your within the gaming world, there is a community. And, and I don't mean to like knock that or anything like that, because that's very real and it's and it's very helpful and very supportive. And I know it is, but it still doesn't take the place of the of in-person, real life, face-to-face -face community. And, and it shouldn't take the place of it. I mean, it can be there in addition to, but it should never take the place of that. And um, some of the dangers and some of the things that we run into with that is just having people that are really socially anxious and they're not they don't feel comfortable having face-to-face -face conversations. There's a lack of empathy. There's a lack of understanding that like, you know, that <laughs> what goes on with other humans, you know, and, and um, so there's some, there's some other issues that aren't, you know, full, that there's some issues that are, that are there that are not fully, um, that can affect us that are not just addiction and not just addiction related. There are like secondary and, you know, tertiary um, things that can come up too. And the other thing I wanted to mention too, it has to do with treatment, but I think it's worth mentioning because, um, you know, not that you're going to do your own treatment, but just when you understand treatment, it kind of helps, I think, with the, the whole prevention side, which I know I talked about a little bit earlier. 
and um, and with the whole chicken and egg thing and modeling the behavior that we want. But the other thing too is that a lot of times when we're talking about um, when we're talking about this addiction, and I think it was brought up earlier, but I don't think that segment was recorded. <laughs> um, but so often, what's really going on for a person, for any person, <laughs> is um, that there's something missing in their life. You know, there's something that's missing that we're that's lacking, and we're latching onto um, to this online community, or we're latching to this onto the you know the virtual world that we're that we feel like we're in, or we feel like we're a part of it. And so really find, so that's one of the main things that, uh, that we would do in treatment is to find out what that thing is. Um, and I've, you know, I've had a lot, I mean, I've had success, you know, in, in my private practice working with individuals, but also uh, the significant others of individuals where, you know, a lot of times it is situational and it's almost like we outgrow that um, because those other need. whenever we can find out what those other needs are that are not being met and we can figure out how to meet those, uh, whether that be in the community or within the relationship or, you know, whatever the case may be, um, a lot of these issues and these, like, the hours that are spent consuming, um, you know, in the gaming tend to fall away. And a lot of the concerns tend to fall away for a lot of parents and a lot of significant others. So, um, so yeah, just thinking about what's missing, um, what's the real issue, what issues spark this? A lot of times there is something that sparked it. Um, and yeah, and just kind of working on healing that. And so if the focus is on healing that, this secondary thing tends to take care of itself and tends to fall away, um, once we have healing in this, in that area. And that's true of other addictions as well. Um, but the gaming, um, whether it's an addiction or not, uh, whether you've crossed over that, that imaginary line, it, it can be helpful to, um, to seek treatment if you feel like, yeah, that you're, you're avoiding something by, by doing that. So. And uh, Kia, as we kind of wrap this up, any closing remarks or questions you might have for Milena? Um, I don't know. I know I did notice that in the research that our friend did, he uh, was saying like the overall average um, was actually of a teenager's, and um, one of the one of the things is um, younger kids don't tend to have as many priorities in their life and responsibilities. Um, like adults, we have jobs, we have kids we have to take care of, things like that. Um, so I think that's another reason why there's probably um, more research needs to be done as far as to whether they actually, as far as whether the APA decides that it's actually a disorder. Um, that honestly, I think that's, that's about it. I just, that's probably another reason why the APA is holding out is a lot of it's younger kids, people that don't have the responsibility as an adult does. Unless you're an adult that's lost your <laughs> job because you couldn't stop video gaming. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Jay, any uh, final Which, remarks or questions for Melina from you? No, I'm just really excited, Melina. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's nice to have um, someone who's smarter than all of us put together um, actually be a guest. Um, and then a big shout out to uh, Quick as well for uh, educating me rather quickly. Uh, so no pun the, intended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe we should call it like the Quick Fact Sheet or something like that. Uh, we definitely have nice some segments thing. coming up for him on some shows pretty soon. I've been working on some stuff with him where he may uh, just butt in and give us the quick moment. 
Oh my god! You know what? What was that show where uh, you know they they uh, they did it at the end and they're like, "Hey, did we screw up at all?" And they had like the fact checker off to the side. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you about it. It was a sports show where they would go back and forth, and then they'd be like, "Well, actually, he Wasn't was totally that part wrong, of but... the interruption." Well, is it part of the interruption? I thought it was PTI. Yeah. Oh no! You know what it was? It's around the horn. Oh, is it really? Yeah, the original episodes of Around the Horn back when I think Kellerman was doing it, right? So, and then they had yeah, the yeah, paper yeah. toss at the end. Yeah, yeah, because they'd be like, oh, yeah, no, uh, no, you were totally wrong on that. Giants haven't won a Super Bowl, and I don't know how Yeah, long. it was or usually long. yelling at Woody Page. Yeah, yeah, very true about how Cincinnati's never going to win a Super Bowl. Uh, until this year, buddy. Watch out. Yeah, yeah. Keep telling yourself that, Um, one last thing I, I just want to ask real quick before I, before we let you go and, and we say goodbye to everyone. I know that the whole video game addiction thing is is a little bit different. And, uh, and not only are sometimes people quick to judge a kid that might be playing, but when it comes to older kids, I know a lot of this study had to deal with, with older teenagers or older adults. And, you know, Kia, you had the story with a teenager that's involved and the parents aren't in there. Is there, I know when it comes to like drugs and alcohol and, you know, it's been, those addictions have been around, even gambling, if it's not, uh, gambling addictions are a little bit easier to see in people and, and you'll have friends that'll kind of speak up and, but for those, whether it's a parent or a friend and you're nervous about your friend being addicted to video gaming, what are some thing, simple things that you could look for? And if you do think they're addicted, how do you approach them without making the situation worse? Because that it seems like that could be a bad time or very detrimental to them. I, 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 you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the things to look for, I mean, it's not really any different than what we kind of talked about earlier when, in terms of like, when I was talking about like what to look for in your kids, I mean, it wouldn't be any different in a friend, you know? So it's looking at looking out for lying. It's looking out for things that they used to do that they aren't doing now. Like any, uh, whether that be like, I mean, I know we talked about a job, uh, which is like kind of a pretty big deal, right. To think about that somebody could lose their job, but Hey, it's happened. Um, and I actually have a cousin who almost dropped out of college, uh, because she was so addicted to Sims so, like back in the day. Uh, so there's not really an esports community for Sims. So I don't think you're winning any money playing <laughs> that game. It can happen. It can happen. Right. So, um, <laughs> it was just so fun. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're insane. Wait, no, no, um, I want I want to stop because you did, you, you've said this multiple times. You said the lying, this like saying that. You know, I only played for two hours, but I played for five. And that could be a mm -hmm. sign of addiction. Now, is there a difference between lying because you're addicted to it and lying because something like video games and a lot of your friends don't like video games and you're embarrassed by... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why you're doing it. So if, you're, if you're not being honest about it. If you have like, to lie about it to your friends. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Then they're either they're not true friends or you're addicted because your friends, even if they judge you, for being someone who loves to play video games. Cause I have, I have mom friends that are like, Oh my God, you play video games. And I'm like, yeah, what's, what's it to you? <laughs> like, what's it to you? I have a lot. Listen, when I was like mid twenties, <laughs> I lied all the time, but, it, but I mean, it wasn't about the hours. It was just about like, what did you do yesterday? I would be like, uh, I, I watched a movie, but I played video games for an hour. I didn't even play that long, I'm but a, I was embarrassed. I'm, like my I'm friends hated person. it. No, I'm an honest person. You don't like it. Oh well. I'll show you the door. <laughs> yeah, there's no, no any, there's no point in lying. No, if you're if you're having it doesn't matter what's motivating the lie. 
<laughs> if you need a referral, I can give you a referral. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Calling you out. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming by on this episode of Parents vs. Gaming. And thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good day, everybody. Bye-bye. been a while. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty insane. It's been really great. And then the reason why I missed last week was